I tell you this because I think as an artist, you'll understand sometimes when I'm driving late at night, I'll see an oncoming car fast. I feel like turning into it and crashing into the oncoming headlights. If you really want to just get terrific Christopher Walken being Christopher Walken, go to The Rundown. There's a lot of yelling in that too. Do you understand the concept of the tooth fairy? She takes the tooth and gives you a goddamn quarter. The thing about Christopher Walken's voice is that he has about four different voices. Okay, and I'm going to allow me to explain the four different voices that Christopher Walken has. The easiest one to do is probably is when he's very excited, he starts talking very loud, and he does a lot of that up and down thing. And the pauses are there too, and his voice starts cracking. It goes up there, and and he'd be damned if he let the gooks get the greasy little mitts on his son's birthright. And then there's the quiet Christopher Walken voice, like this, which is harder to do as the day goes on because I don't have that gritty peaciness in the voice that I need because my voice is too warmed up. So we have this more laid-back casualist. Hello there, little man. Boy, sure I've heard a lot about you. Uh, how do I explain the whisper? His whisper sounds like this when he's getting emotional. Sometimes, I much a man in the dance hall. Your mother came home with me and closing off at the back of the throat, still using that New York accent. And then, uh, right here, let it go a little loose so that it vibrates and gets just a little bit. Sure, you drink plenty of water so that you can get this crumbly thing going. Yelling. Oh boy, uh, I know I explained yelling. Yelling again! Now, if you want to know what kind of yelling I'm talking about, watch The Dead Zone, okay? Um, not the TV show. Watch the movie The Dead Zone starring Christopher Walken. He sees that uh, this kid's gonna drown him, so he goes and confronts the father, and his father won't listen to him. And he yells at the top of his lungs in a way that only Christopher Walken can. The ice is gonna break! Stop it! I can't take this anymore, man. I'm going crazy here, just listening to you two bickering back and forth. Like two idiots, you're like rats stuck in a hollow bounce. I don't have yeah. my bracket or my script. I guess I'm winging it. You always wing it. I don't always wing it. I always have them there. Really? <coughs> Just well, they're just on on the iPad. But what what do you need uh, the beginning for? The beginning is easy, especially since sometimes I'm a little high and I still forget. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> Welcome to Geek Fights, the Ponzi scheme of podcasting. I'm Damon Shaw. With me, as always, is Mr. Mike Ortiz. Uh, Mike, what are we fighting about? Um, we are fighting about Christopher Walken versus Christopher Walken. You know, we've had many great actors fight each other in uh, in these these standoffs, but uh, no one could could face Christopher Walken except Christopher Walken himself. So, at the end, the best Christopher Walkens will go up against each other. For the best Christopher Walken. Yeah, you really are high because you didn't say the one thing that you have to say right before, right at the end of that, Mike. Which say is? It. Say oh, it. who's joining us? Yes, uh, yes, yes. Oh, come on. Do we have to be so formal anymore? Come on. We're on our way yes, out. I Let's know we're on our people. way out, but 
we still should be. This is horrible. not your first episode. If it is, I'm sorry. No, no, it's it's fine. It's your first episode. Because uh, yeah, there's still, uh, like I said, a, a couple episodes again, there's still 150 episodes more of just Geek Fights proper, plus an extra 100 episodes of bonus episodes. You've got time. <laughs> You'll be with us for a while, but for the people who've been listening every week, yeah, sorry. Oh, well. Yeah, no, no one. There's no one new. No one started on this episode. I can feel it. Uh, okay, we'll see. Watch, this This one has 200,000, and we're like, how, how do we have that many hits? But anyway, with us is Mr. Michael Felsher. Um, so, any, 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 I, I would, um, yeah, so Del Taco, definitely go there sometime. It's really good, and the, the food's really, um, uh, Michael? what was I talking about? Uh, this this is best of Christopher Walken, Michael. Why are you? It's Why Christopher are you Walken versus Christopher Walken. Yeah. No, we just finished the X Files. No, we did. Anyway, Michael Felsher is with us. What? Thanks, thanks, Michael. Huh? <laughs> and we also have Mr. Greg Blanchard. Hello, glad to be here. I'm afraid it might be my last time. You never know. Huh? I, I think that Promise every day to day. <laughs> Maybe hope that every time. Uh, inappropriate conversations. Greg Blanchard. What, what was that, Michael? Huh? <laughs> it's just a different episode. But we were just. I don't. Jose Chung won. Yeah. I know, but. Uh Anyway, let's uh, jump into the fights. You know how to talk about Christopher Walken. Uh, you do a pretty good impression of him. Uh, Mike, this first fight is yours. It is Kings of New York versus Popcorn Shrimp, uh, he, the short film he wrote and directed. Um, hmm, I, I, am, I actually have not seen either of these. So I will vote for Popcorn Shrimp because he wrote and directed it. Because it's more Walken. Uh, Greg? Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty badass that he actually has a writer-director credit. I'll vote for Popcorn Shrimp. And Michael. What? Uh, we're, we're, still, we're talking about Christopher Walken now. It, it's Kings of New York versus Popcorn Shrimp. Oh, oh, so he likes Popcorn Shrimp or something? No, no, it's a movie he wrote and directed. Oh! The short film. Uh... I, I like popcorn shrimp. The food or the movie? Does it matter right now? No, not really. Uh, <laughs> popcorn shrimp is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Greg, this one is yours. This is an easy, hard one. It is Suicide Kings versus Catch Me If You Can. You know, there's going to be a lot of seminal christopher walken roles we're going to talk about on screen and off screen even but to me suicide kings is the one i probably will remember the longest years from now american film institute doing a retrospective that's the scene i'm looking for the scene when he gets his finger cut off in suicide kings uh vote for suicide kings michael um well those those two uh i i i I don't like Suicide Kings. I never really have liked that movie. I think it's really overrated and 
it's okay. Um, but I thought he was amazing in Catch Me If You Can. He was actually Oscar nominated for that. And uh, it's one of the more tender performances of his, which tend to get overlooked. So I'm going to vote for Catch Me If You Can. Uh, vote for Catch Me If You Can. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Mike. Well, uh, first, I have not seen Suicide Kings. So that means I would vote for Catch Me If You Can, which I would anyway, because I really, uh, I really love that movie. And he's one of my favorite parts of the movie, which, you know, kind of surprised me because it's not, he's not the focus, but it's still. Uh, but I think uh, Michael nailed it when he said it, it's the tenderness in the role, which is something we don't often associate. And there's a shitload of funny stuff on here. Um, but uh, but it, it is more than that. And, and it was funny, too. And it's, uh, it, I think, an underrated movie. So I am glad to uh, vote for it here. And Catch Me If You Can is moving on. We are on to our next fight. Michael, this one is yours. It is the Deer Hunter versus Maul Cowbell. Oh, the Saturday Night Live skit. Right, right, right. Quick question. When did we finish the X-Files? Uh, what was that, like two months ago, Mike? Something like that. Wasn't that yeah, around but, C2E2? Yeah, it was before C2E2. Okay, so that's, yeah. yeah, like two, two and a half months ago. Yeah. So it's what, June now? Yeah, it's June. All right. Um, so anyway, the deer hunter is one of his most memorable performances. It's one of his most intense roles, um, Oscar winner for that. Uh, but, and cowbell sketch, it's a very popular one because of the whole, uh, gotta have more cowbell bits. But the thing is that's funny, but the whole sketch as a whole is very funny, mostly because of Will Ferrell. I happen to think that that's less uh, like a super iconic uh, walking thing than it is uh, sort of he's a part of a larger whole on that. Whereas with Deer Hunter, that role in that in particular is uh, uh, one of his dramatic highlights of his career. So um, in this in this case, even though I love the cowbell sketch, I've got to go with Deer Hunter. Well, cowbell gets no votes. Mike? Uh Everything Michael said is right, except I also want more cowbell. So, more cowbell. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Greg. Which one's going to take the win? It's all tied up, and it's about to get messy. I was struggling with this one, thinking about it on the plane, and it occurred to me that if Deer Hunter didn't make even the list of 32, even the unknowns for best war film, then I'm going to feel pretty comfortable landing with the cowbell. So I'm going to go with more cowbell and bounce a juggernaut off right away. More cowbell. We got to have more cowbell. We got to have more cowbell is moving on. We are on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. Another SNL sketch, which is the continental versus his scene with Dennis Hopper in true romance. This is tough. This is tough. I, the True Romance, I, I think that that's a movie that I, I think doesn't get uh, enough attention. He had a great role in it. But because, and I, and I put it on this list, and I, so I, I, I hate voting against stuff that I put on in the first round, but um, it it's still more Dennis Hopper's scene, I think. Um, Walken is great, but the focus is Hopper. But with the Continental, the focus is all walking. And uh, 
I think the best of walking would be all walking. I'll vote for the Continental. Greg. I think I'm going to tie it up because even though blasphemy though it may be, I've never seen true man's through and through true romance through and through. I know that scene and it sticks in my memory a little bit more than the continental. So true romance, a uh, vote for true romance. It's all tied up coming down to you, Michael. Has anyone asked about me in the past few months at all? Yeah, we, we were talking to you the other day. You were Was supposed it? to be on an episode, but you bailed on us. Yeah, that's right. You were supposed to be on an episode. We, uh, I was talking to you through email, and then you were like, sorry, I can't show up, and you just didn't show up. Huh. All right. That's weird. Um, okay. Oh, um, by the way, Michael? Yeah? Uh, he's con. Oh, fuck you! <laughs> God damn it. Well, wait a minute. It's jo- oh, I missed the fucking thing! <laughs> and the Mandarin's an actor. Yeah. I'd spoil Man of Steel, but Greg hasn't seen it. <laughs> I hope you've seen the other two, Greg. I'm well, sorry. It's nice to know that you haven't become any less dick <laughs> in the last couple of months. Yeah, I, I didn't make a post about Into Darkness except the one before I was going. So uh, luckily I followed through and went. Fuck. <clears throat> anyway. And Spock has four nipples. What one did Mike vote for? I'm not going to say. <laughs> Well, he probably went for the Continental, so I'm voting for the true romance scene. God damn it, I love the Continental. It's my favorite. No champagne. But it's out! Champagne. My favorite sketch. I love the shit out of it because the person keeps trying to leave. I love that part. But the scene with Dennis Hopper and true romance is moving on. On to our next fight, Greg. This one is yours. It is his reading of Three Little Pigs versus... His uh, role as a Batman villain in Batman Returns. I am a sucker for the semi-serious, truly comic reading of of uh, well-known children's stories. So I, I'm going to go with his reading of Three Little Pigs. Michael? Yeah, I, I put that on the list. I think it's hilarious just the way he, he sums up the whole thing. Exit, pig one. <laughs> And then Pig 2, same story. Uh, he just kind of goes right through it. Again, it's one of those things that's only really, it's only really funny because it's Christopher Walken doing it. You give this to any other actor, it's not that funny. Uh, but his Batman, Max Shrek, was fantastic. Uh, I, I love how he disposes of Catwoman or uh, Michelle Pfeiffer before turning her into Catwoman. I always love the, you can't just you know kill me. Actually, it's a lot like that. And then he just shoves her ass out the window and doesn't give it a second thought. Um, he was a lot of fun in that, but I'm going to go with the uh, pigs. Mike? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, with Max Shrek. I think uh, even how it's phrased here is Batman villain. Uh, while that is not a uniquely walking thing, that is a kind of uh, geek cred thing. Uh, that's That's being a Batman villain, especially a Batman villain, uh, is always a, a certain kind of coolness to it, and and being one that's invented for the movie. And he, I thought he was a lot of fun. I actually I, I liked him a lot. I thought uh, his performance and his character was actually cool. And the name is as another geek reference. So uh, yeah, for me, it's totally Max Shrek and uh, the Batman villain. Uh, explain the geek reference to people who aren't comic book fans, Mike. Max Shrek. Yeah, look it up on Wikipedia. 
Oh, come Learn on, kids. It just, I'll just say it real quick. It takes two seconds. He was the original uh, Nosferatu. Thank you. Do I have to explain what Nosferatu is, too? No, no. <laughs> you have to go that far. Fuck you. Jesus Christ. On to our Way next back fight. in time, they had movies with no sound. Anyway, uh, the next fight is yours, Michael. It is the census sketch from SNL uh, versus Hairspray, the musical. He was very funny in Hairspray. Uh, this is very close in many ways to his role in uh, Catch Me If You Can, but with a much funnier bent to it. And again, he's very adept at comedy. And of course, being a musical, he's also very adept at that. Um, but for me, the census sketch is not only his best sketch on Saturday Night Live. It's a sketch that they actually made a remake of with Betty White and Tina Fey, which was funny, but it didn't have the the, the lunatic bent that this one did. Basically, it's just, what if Christopher Walken lived down the hall and you had to talk to him? And it's just a hilarious, completely out of control sketch where it's, the, the, the dialogue is funny. The fact that Tim Meadows managed to not crack even a bit of a smile during it, uh, tells me that guy has Jedi master training of some kind, but the absurdity in which Walken delivers his lines in that scene is, um, is beyond. I mean, just the, the fact that he says there's 80 people living in the apartment, then boy, I really overshot it with the 80 and it just gets more and more and more absurd. It's uh it's a priceless sketch and it's because of Walken. So I'm going to go with census sketch, uh, vote for the census sketch, Mike. Uh, everything that Michael said, uh, and more, but I will save them more for another round because I'm voting for it now. Greg, is it a clean sweep? No, I'm going to throw a little love to, to hairspray. When, when I saw the casting for that, you, one of your first thoughts might've been, well, here's some stunt casting. I'd never really seen Christopher Walken do song and dance before, but really the stunt casting in that film was all Travolta and without Walken, um, there would have been trouble. So. I'll give a little love to Hairspray. Uh, vote for Hairspray, but the census sketch is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It is his movies have grossed $1.8 billion versus him almost being Han Solo. This, uh, this is a strange one. Um, <laughs> the billion dollar thing is quite impressive, but I don't care. A lot of people who I don't give a shit about have grossed huge amounts of money in their movies. It's, uh, I, I respect it and clearly a lot of people responded, but also how much of it are because he was in it, how much of it are other people. Sometimes it's just in a big franchise movie. Um, but the fact that he was almost Han Solo intrigues me because that means somewhere out there in the vast multiverse, there's a world where he was Han Solo. And I want to see that star Wars. Uh, vote for almost Han Solo. Greg. Yeah, I think Mike kind of nailed it there. The I'm a big believer in possible world theory and the idea that somewhere there's an alternate universe where people are watching an alternate Star Wars with Christopher Walken as Han Solo is is pretty freaking awesome. The uh, the fact is that a lot of people I can't stand have made movies that have made more money. The reason the $1.8 billion is impressive is because it's Walken. If we wouldn't think twice if it was, you know, if it was somebody who was the, uh, the, the soup du jour flavor of the week. So I'll vote for almost Han Solo. Michael. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, look, uh, you know, Anthony Daniels 
has been in probably two point five billion dollars worth of movies. Uh, you can say that about a lot of people, I'm afraid, if you really get right down to it and total it all up. Um, but he, the fact that he was almost on solo led to a great SNL moment where Kevin Spacey did his supposed audition. And uh, it was that alone, uh, I think, would qualify that for a win here. So I'm going to go with almost on solo. And almost on solo does take the win. We are on to our next fight. Greg, this one is yours. It is the Sentinel from 1977 versus Chris Mitchell's unknown pick. The Funeral from 1996. The Funeral. Well, this one's going to be easy for me because I haven't seen The Funeral. And I'll just throw a little love out to to the Sentinel. An early role for Walken playing a fairly straight character in a really weird-ass movie about a fashion model consigned to be the, the guard at the gate of hell. Um, I haven't seen it in a long, long time, so I can't quote chapter and verse on it, but it's on my list of movies from my childhood to watch again, and uh, Walken will be one of the characters that I wouldn't have recognized him back then, but I'd certainly be looking for him and recognizing him now, a sentinel, along with Burgess Meredith. A little bit of geek cred there, too. Uh, vote for the Sentinel, uh, Michael. The Sentinel is a fucked up movie. That movie is so <laughs> that movie makes no sense whatsoever. Could only have been made in the late nineteen seventies, and uh, it definitely deserves a watch. Um, but I'm going to vote for the Funeral primarily because it's again one of Walken's better dramatic roles, and it's also one of the collaborations he made with director Abel Ferrara, who gave him one of his best roles in King of New York, which got shut out earlier on. So I want to throw at least a little bit more love that way. So I'm going the funeral. Another vote for the funeral. Wait, a vote for the funeral. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Mike. Which one takes the win? This is horrible because I don't know either of these. Completely unfamiliar with both. So it is actually a crime that I would decide this. This is, is unfair at its very core. Um, but nothing I can do about it. Them, them's the rules. And uh, the only geek logic I can have here is I will vote for the unknown because the unknown so rarely get love on our show. Why not give, throw them a bone here so they can be beat yeah. by almost Han Solo in the next round? Yeah, you probably chose wisely. He started in one. He has a bit part in the other. So The funeral is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Michael, this one is yours. The story about a watch in Pulp Fiction versus the entire movie Blast from the Past. Um, Blast from the Past is a funny movie. Um, it's clever and Walken's funny in it, but it's not one of his most memorable films. Um, I think it's, uh, it's good, but it's not one that I've ever really chosen to revisit. His story in Pulp Fiction is one of his best moments ever. And it's a highlight of a film that has a lot of highlights. Uh, the fact that he could just essentially play an entire scene and tell what is really a serious story but has an unbelievably humorous twist to it, but he never lets on that anything's funny about it. Uh, he, he's dead serious when he's telling this whole story about the watch and uh, everything that that watch went through. And the fact that it's because of what he does in that scene that the watch gains an unbelievable amount of importance. And, it under, and so you're able to understand how young Bruce Willis, when seeing this guy tell him the story about this watch, why he would risk everything, 
even when it's ridiculously stupid to do so, why he would risk everything to go back for that watch at that key point in the movie. So and that, a lot of that is because of the writing of Quentin Tarantino, but it's because also of the performance of Walken. So Walken. Uh, vote for the watch story. Uh, Mike. Um, God, see, this This was tough. Or this was not tough. Um, I was going to vote for Blast from the past because I, I really do like the movie, and I think it's underrated, and I think he is one of the things that, that really makes it work. I think it's it, 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 that was one of the things that kind of made me give the movie a shot uh, in the first place, and it's a very nice movie, a very sweet movie. Um, but uh, yeah, everything Michael said was pretty much dead on, and uh, and it kind of convinced me that uh, I, I should probably uh, make sure that it does move on. Greg. Well, you spared me having to make a Sophie's choice there because if you tied it up, I was going to have to vote against my own pick. Uh, I will vote for Blast from the Past. I've got a lot of passion for it. And if there's uh, walk-in fans or, frankly, even Sissy Spacek fans who haven't seen it uh, because it's a Brendan Fraser movie, which is probably a good reason to think twice about seeing it, it really holds together brilliantly. And kind of like the first Star Wars where you needed guys like Alec Guinness and Peter Cushing in place to sort of sort of bring some gravity to what you know to what else was going on in the plot this silly comedy holds together a lot because of of Christopher Walken and uh, if I had to vote to put blast from the past through I think I would have just said that the only reason I can give is because it must but it won't that's right the watch story is moving on we're on to our next fight Mike this one is yours it is Joe Dierte versus Annie Hall, which he had a small role and his name was misspelled in the credits. Um I I love Annie Hall, but it does not come to mind in the least bit uh when I think of Christopher Walken. Uh that's Woody Allen, various other people, uh, but not him. Uh whereas Joe Dirt, uh he is not only the the best part, he the, he is something that kind of like is good enough to elevate a otherwise bad movie or at least his part of a bad movie. And he does that incredibly well and nowhere better than in Joe dirt, which I really liked a lot more than I had any reason to uh, vote for Joe dear Tay. Great. Um, Joe Dirt, I didn't see. I skipped it. It seemed like a wise decision at the time. Somebody will have to talk me into giving it a, a, a fair chance. Uh, as for Annie Hall, you know, kind of like the the popcorn shrimp, the fact that he you know directed his own movie at some point along the way. Uh, I I couldn't tell you what scene he's in, and the fact that his name is misspelled tells probably the rest of that story. But I'm going to put a vote out there for Annie Hall. <laughs> Uh, vote for Annie Hall, Michael. It is all tied up. It comes down to you. Um, I put Joe Dirt on the list, and actually on the on the on my submission and underneath it, I wrote as an example of how Walken can elevate a bad film. And I don't think Joe Dirt's actually a bad film. It's actually a film I've watched many more times than I probably care to admit because it's almost always on TBS or TNT. And it's actually a very fun movie, but his part does add something to it. But you can think of so many other movies. I mean, Christ, he was in the Country Bears, for God's sake. <laughs> and it was like, you know, uh, give me a fucking break already. But uh, 
Uh, Annie Hall, great film, but I don't remember him in the movie, and I, I, it would be unfair, I think, to put that through just because he happened to be in it and he was his, one of his first roles. But um, I'm going to put Joe Dirt through. For the eleva- his ability to elevate otherwise shitty cinema, Joe Dirt is moving on through. We are on to our next I fight. I almost put that shitty Adam Sandler movie Click on there. Yeah, he does oh. elevate Click. It's a horrible movie. Well, but he I elevates that him. scene. Well, you know, he was the beyond. Yeah. He's, in, he's actually in quite a bit more than just that scene. He, oh, whatever. Uh, but anyway. Beyond. <laughs> beyond. Uh, next fight is yours, Greg. It is the Fat Boy Slim video and him dancing all around uh, versus the Walking Family Reunion from SNL. Um, yeah, I don't consider myself to be a fan of Fat Boy Slim. But that video was a very memorable one for me. It, gave, it showed me a side of walking that I don't think I'd really considered before. And since Saturday Night Live is represented on the other side of the bracket and has not exactly failed to make an impression in the first round, I will vote for the Fat Boy Slim video. Michael? Um, I like the family reunion sketch. It's one joke sketch where basically everyone does a Christopher Walken impersonation. Funny, but actually... A little less of that would have gone a longer way with me, I think. Um, but the Fat Boy Slim video is great, just because it, he's he's a song and dance man at heart, really, and he he's, has a long history that he doesn't get to do it very often. And that video was inventive, and just seeing him dance in a hotel and solve sorts of various ways. I mean, hey, you can't beat that. So, Fat Boy Slim, Mike, uh, I actually put Walk and Family Reunion on this list, um, but I, I have not actually seen it. I just put it on there because I needed a sixth. So I was just kind of looking on Google because all of the choices that I wanted to pick were already picked. So I really don't give two shits about it. So uh, Fat Boy Slim video. Uh, weapon of choice, the Fat Boy Slim video he's dancing around in is moving it is, on. It is a great video too, but yeah, anything <laughs> up against the Walking Family Union one. <laughs> we are on to our next fight. Uh, Michael, this one is yours. I think it's actually kind of hard. It is... Uh, one of the most iconic things, at least for my childhood, uh, the prophecy versus him being a Bond villain. Um, this gets a little hard. But I, I come down on uh, one side a little more than the other. I, I, he, Max Zorin from the, the James Bond movie, he was with the white hair and everything. And um, in many ways, I think he sort of perfected that performance in Batman Returns. Uh, I liked his work in in. Uh, View to a Kill very much, even though the movie itself is kind of a piece of shit. Uh, it was the last of the Roger Moore movies, and by then he wasn't moving very well anymore. And he uh, just walking is so much more charismatic and so much more interesting. It's just kind of a lopsided thing. Um, for me, though, for me, though, uh, his role as, as Gabriel in the prophecy, a film I liked a lot, and I thought had a great cast and really was extremely interesting. Uh, he's so cruel and and mean but so funny in that and i just i love the way he treats his underling who's rotting away and uh he's just dismissive of everybody and just a real dick the whole time uh i think he's great so i'm going with the prophecy uh vote for the prophecy mike uh everything michael said about the prophecy is true uh if it moves on that would be that would not be a bad thing uh, I will vote for Bond villain because, uh, again, like the Batman villain thing, it is it is sort of a, an iconic thing 
a, an honor in a sense to be bestowed on, on some people. Um, and, uh, I think it is kind of cool. I think it balances the Batman villain on the other side. Um, and I like James Bond. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Greg, which one is moving on. This is my geek fights dread and it doesn't happen often, but kind of being in that spot where I haven't seen either one of these enough to be able to speak to it and then make the choice. But my senses tell me that this is not unlike the one on the unknown fight where his role is more significant in one of these than in the other. And yeah, being a bond villain is always going to be an important role, but it's always by its nature going to be supporting. So I will vote to put the prophecy through. And the prophecy is moving on. We are on to our next fight. Uh, Mike, this one is yours. It is Walken's Welcome versus Wayne's World 2. Uh, can you explain Walken's Welcome, please? I'd love to. I have it's no idea uh, signs that uh, have been popping up at places where walk-ins are welcome. Oh, I, I got to like, so uh, like the walk-in's head, head, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, walk-in's head, and then welcome. And it says okay. walk-in's welcome. That's cute. Um, but I'm going <laughs> to go with uh, Wayne's World 2. It was very funny in that movie, and I actually think Wayne's World 2 doesn't get enough credit. I think Wayne's World 2 is actually a very funny movie, and um, not quite as good as the first one, but actually very entertaining in its own right. And uh, walking was a big part of that. So Wayne's World 2. Mike? Uh, I am going to vote for Walken's Welcome. Uh, everything Michael said about Wayne's World 2, uh, I agree with. But Walken's Welcome is Walken going beyond uh, a, a role, going beyond a single movie and being basically an iconic image now. Um, it's it's That's being um, much, much more embedded into kind of our pop culture, into the, the vernacular. and uh, And I think that's kind of more important than uh than any kind of individual key role it's all all of those roles go into why people would actually put that sign out there because he's recognized because it's a universal you know i'm going to change my vote that's actually a good point walkins welcome for really me. yeah damn <laughs> i was just trying to tie <laughs> it up. no but okay go. <laughs> i'm done looking to generate some spice. Oh, i'm so i'm so sorry i agree with you motherfucker <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> it surprises me no one's done that in a while yeah they have uh, I'm going to vote for all good things. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're about two and a half years too late. <laughs> uh, but uh, vote for another vote for Walkins. Welcome, Greg. Is it a clean sweep? Yes, and it is for all the same reasons. I didn't know this beforehand. I could vote against it because I've never seen it with my own two eyes, but I don't think that matters. I think that we're doing this fight because Walken is kind of embedded himself into our subconscious and across our culture. And this is maybe a, a unique example of that in a way that doesn't represent itself elsewhere in the brackets. So Watkins, welcome. Watkins, welcome gets the win. Uh, I don't know how we're actually going to do this one because for lunch, he was an alligator is up against wedding crashers, but Michael, the do only, I have to tell, should I tell the story? Yeah. 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 yeah, you yeah. Kind of have I to want tell Michael to tell the story. That's why I put it All on right. there. All right. Well, basically, as this has become a, for those of you out there listening, this has become a bit of an apocryphal story. Um, it was told to me by a friend of mine many, many years ago who worked on a film set with a guy where this story, you know, supposedly happened. Can I verify it? No, but I happen to believe it's true. Anyway, 
this friend was working on a film set as a PA, and they were shooting down by the banks of a river. And Christopher Walken was one of the actors in the film, and they're filming the scene, and it's getting to be about lunchtime. The director goes through a couple takes. They check the gate. Good. We got it. Everyone breaks for lunch. Now, my friend goes over to a couple of the other crew members, and they're about to walk off to the craft services area to get something to eat when they notice that Christopher Walken has not moved. He is standing right where he was when the director called cut. He has not moved a muscle. And they're looking at him, and they're like, huh, that's, that's kind of weird. And they're about to go up to him to ask what's up when Walken suddenly turns around, faces the river, takes off all of his clothes, and I mean all of them, takes off all his clothes, walks out into the river, goes out about 10, 15 feet, turns around, and for the entire remainder of the lunch hour, does nothing but stare at the shore. And from only slightly below his nose and above, is visible above the water. Now, this is all he does for the next 45, 50 minutes. My friend and his buddies, they never go to lunch because they're hypnotized by this. They're wondering what the hell is going on as the lunch hour progresses, more and more people are wandering in and they go up to my friend and his buddies and they're like, Hey, what's going on? Look out in the water. And they're like, is that walking? And so no one knows what the hell's going on. Anyway, more and more people keep coming by as the lunch hour progresses. Anyway, lunch hour is almost over and without any signal or any indication, anyone gesturing to him whatsoever, walking as if he just knew walked up out of the river dripping wet over to his clothes, puts all his clothes back on, dripping wet, puts them all back on, turns and walks over to what is now a very large crowd that has gathered to watch this. He walks up to them and says, for lunch, I was an alligator, turns and walks away. No one says a word. They just kind of go, mm-hmm, and go right back to work. So it's that of the kids' wedding crashers. And Greg, that's yours. Well, you don't even need to ask me, do you? Uh, for lunch, he was an alligator, is my vote. <laughs> Michael? Jesus, after all that, you think I want to vote for fucking wedding crashers? Maybe. <laughs> no. Mike? I'll vote for wedding crashers. <laughs> Of course, I put it on the list so you would tell the story, and now I'm voting against it. For lunch, he was an alligator. Uh, is moving on, Michael. This uh, next fight is yours. It's your personal Christopher Walken impression versus the Dead Zone from 1980. Well, it's great that I made it, and it's nice. It's okay, but other guys do it better. I think it's okay. Fine, whoop de doo, wow. But I'm gonna vote for the dead zone. It's my favorite dramatic pot you ever had. You can tell the future, tries to kill Martin Sheen, doesn't do it, but still works out. So good for him. I'll vote for the dead zone, Mike. Uh, I'm gonna vote for uh, Michael's De Niro impression right there. Nero. <laughs> I wasn't even close to the Nero. Uh, so, uh, what are you actually voting for, Mike? Uh, the Dead Zone. Dead Zone. Okay. Uh, Greg? Uh, it, it's a clean sweep. 
when I when I got into my part of contributing to the bracket, it was a little bit late, and I I thought, am I going to be able to find Walken that's meaningful to me that hasn't already been nominated? And uh, Blast from the Past was available, and the Dead Zone was available, which made me very happy. So the Dead Zone, the Dead Zone is moving on, and we're at the last fight of the first round. Uh, Mike, this one is yours. It is Kevin Pollock's uh, Walken impression versus. Uh, the other unknown pick, Jared's unknown pick. He's a cat owner. He, he's a owner and lover of cats. Meow. Damn. Uh, actually, this this is this is quite tough for me because I was going to say something smartass like I'm going to vote for Kevin Pollock's De Niro impression, but just as you said that, my cat came and walked onto the desk. So I think that was uh, kind of a request that I vote for the cat owner. A uh, vote for cat love, Greg. Well, yeah, it's a, I've caught the live act, and you know, if I'm not going to vote for Michael's walking impression, I'm not going to vote for Pollock's. Uh, I'll go with the cat right. owner. <laughs> exactly right. A vote for cat owner, Michael. Fuck Kevin Pollock. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, hey, he does a good impression, but he ain't getting through if I ain't. So I'll vote for the pussy stuff. You know, uh, cats have barbed penises, and they always rape things. All the better. Great. Sometimes things are asking for it. I guess. (laughs) But uh, he's a cat owner. He's moving on. (laughs) And we'll be back uh, right after this. I want to hold them like they do in Texas plays. (laughs) Fold them. Let them hit me. Raise it, baby. Stay with me. I love it. Luck and intuition play the cards with spades to start. And after he's been hooked, I'll play the one that's in his heart. Oh! Oh, oh! Oh! Ah! Oh, e! Oh! Oh, oh! I'll get him hot! Show him what I've got! Oh, 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 e, oh, oh, I'll get them hot, show them what I've got. Poker face. Hey, it's Larry Nemechek, Dr. Trek from treklandblog.com, and I want you to know about my newest project, Trekland On Speaker. We're finally getting my stacks and stacks of cassette interview tapes digitized and remastered and released as CDs where you can hear extended conversations with Star Trek creators in their own voice. The debut volume one is called Future Voices Past. It's 78 minutes of never-before-heard Trek talk from late great folks like Michael Piller and Bob Justman, and all from my archives. So L cars your way over to LarryNimichek.com and check out the order links, would you? Portions of the proceeds aids the Con of Wrath, our current documentary project. Thanks.
This is Alan from Starfleet Judo, and you can find more information about Starfleet Judo at www.starfleetjudo.com. And you're listening to Geek Fights. And we're back doing what we do every week until like 10 weeks from now or wait, I don't know how long we got. It's October. October. We got until like 12 weeks from now. <laughs> uh, coming at you with Jared for B trademark geek cred. I wonder if he gets to actually do something with that trademark that I fake gave, gave him over the internet. I don't but, think so. I think he can prove uh, prior existence. Uh, uh, maybe, but geek cred goes to him and, uh, we're going to go to you, Greg. What is your geek cred? Um, well, I, I think I'm here primarily because I host a podcast called Inappropriate Conversations, a serious one at uh, inappropriateconversations.org, dealing with issues related to politics, sex, religion, pop culture, and how we're not doing it right in our society by trying to keep these things segregated. And we will do much better if we fight it out and deal with it in person. And that brought me to Janet who's been on the show before, who listens to my show and told me about this show and the rest is history. Yeah. That's actually the reason it's Janet. It's Janet. Yeah. Cause if, if, Hi, Janet. if you, it, yeah. Well, Janet's not listening anymore. She doesn't listen to us anymore. Our episodes are too long. Well, this one will be a little shorter. <laughs> kind of freaked me out. Actually. The last time there was a three, three pack, I thought, what is wrong with this episode? Mm, nothing. No, nothing at all. Nope, we can do three too. It's great. Yeah. And see, I, and I'm going to continue to talk really long now because I'm going to say, Michael, what is your geek cred? Oh, I, I agree. There's been rampant appraisal and underwriting fraud for quite some time. That's uh, and then we get to just go back into the fighting because that is Michael's <laughs> geek cred every time. Uh, it, it's more and more. If you actually piece all of Michael's geek creds together, it just says Michael is an asshole. <laughs> That's all it is. That's geek cred. That's geek cred. Ah. Uh, but let's jump back into the fights. Uh, Greg, this one is yours. It is Popcorn Shrimp versus Catch Me If You Can. Well, I put Popcorn Shrimp on the list. I still think it's badass that this guy's got a writer-director credit to, to his IMDb resume, but I haven't seen it. And consistent with uh, situations like this where I've got to make a call between the substantially the how substantial the participation in the role is, uh, directing a five-minute movie probably doesn't measure up to catch me if you can. Michael? I will continue my support of Catch Me If You Can, although I would like to see Popcorn Shrimp. Yeah, me too. Mike? Uh, yep, what they said. Catch Me If You Can into the next round. We are on to our next fight. Michael, do you want more cowbell? No, I've had enough cowbell. Oh, or uh, the uh, true romance scene with Dennis Hopper. I'm, I'm definitely going still with the true romance scene. It's, 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 it is probably technically more Hopper scene, but it doesn't work unless it's walking in that scene with him. And that's one of those rare situations where you get to see two of our quirkiest, most unique, and most sort of eccentric actors with great dialogue and a great director in one moment. The fact that, that scene is talked about so much in a film that has a ton of other great moments and great actors in it. This goes to show you how perfect everything was in that. And again, cowbell, great sketch, but you know, let's not get too carried away with that. Mike, I say, let's get carried away with it. <laughs> I, I say coming. not just more cowbell. Let's have most cowbell. Let's have all cowbell. 
that's what makes it awesome. And, and again, just like the Walkins Welcome, it's gone so far beyond just being a, a, a line on a Saturday Night Live sketch. There's T-shirts for that. I have uh, cowbell apps on my phone because everybody's got to have more cowbell. And that yes, all started apparently, here. Apparently the rule is it will win as long as it's on a fucking t-shirt somewhere. Yes. That means it won. Well, I'm going to get my Mike Ortiz as a fucking dick t-shirt <laughs> like, tomorrow. Well, we'll put that in a big fight too. You can vote for it. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Greg. Which one is going to take the win? My relationship with Christopher Walken's work is very complicated because there are things which I have to see alone. Uh, my wife will not watch the deer hunter. We got halfway through together and that was the end of it for her. And this is a classic example. I, I, I don't even attempt to bring true romance onto the TV when, when my wife or kids are around, but, um, cowbell is something that brings us all together as a family. All of us appreciate Christopher Walken and more cowbell. I guess we're going to have some more cowbell in the next round. We are on to <laughs> On to our next fight. Uh, Mike, this one is yours. It is the Three Little Pigs, his reading of the Three Little Pigs versus the Census Sketch. Census Sketch. Not Mike. Oh, Mike. Oh, I'm sorry. Mike, what's your vote? Census Sketch. Thank you. <laughs> Greg? Well, I'm wondering if I throw a vote toward Three Little Pigs, will will Michael have a, a real you know dark night of the soul trying to wrestle out what his decision is? So put it out there for the Three Little Pigs, and let's watch Michael twist. I don't think he's twisting at all, Michael. Census sketch. <laughs> this census sketch is moving on. I changed my vote to more cowbell. Uh, it's it's already <laughs> going through, but that will be a, a a three-way tie, and I will vote for the census sketch to break that tie. And the census sketch is moving on because I already wrote it down. Greg, this fight is yours. It is he almost played Han Solo versus the funeral. Yeah, this is why I feel a little guilty here again. I, the funeral is not a film I've seen. Um, kind of uh, voted against Kings of New York, early, King of New York, early on as well. I'll vote for almost Han Solo. Han Solo. That's right, Han Solo. Han Solo. That's, uh, it's like Mike. a masturbation reference. And Solo. Uh, Michael? I'm going to vote for the funeral. I mean, it's cool it was almost Han Solo, but uh, I think at this point, we shouldn't necessarily be voting for things that he almost was. Uh, I think that's just a little bit weird. So uh, I'm going to go with the funeral. All tied up. Coming down to you there, Mike. In the universe where Christopher Walken played Han Solo, uh, Greedo shot first hit him square in the chest, and it didn't matter. Han Solo. Christopher Walken almost being Han Solo takes the win, and we are on to our next fight. Michael, this one is yours. It is the watch story from Pulp Fiction versus Joe Dierte. Uh, the watch story. Uh, you know, Walken's in enough good movies we can choose from. We don't need, necessarily need to pick out the ones where you, you know... Propping up films that aren't as good. So, Pulp Fiction. Uh, vote for the watch story, Mike. This is this is this is actually tougher than it should be, because uh, even though you know it, you know Michael's right, it is also a well. But on the other hand, lots of people do really great, powerful, dramatic roles. Not nearly as many can elevate the material they're in 
just with their presence. That that's a real kind of star quality that very very few people have. Um, so I will vote for that to tie it up. It is all tied up. Comes down to you there, Greg. Which one's going to take the win? Oh, I get to, I get to make right something that the bracket did uh, that forced me into uh, to being uh, to making a wrong decision earlier. I would have voted for Pulp Fiction in the first round. I get to vote for it here in the second round and put it through. The watch story is moving through. We are on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. Mike, this one is yours. It is the Fat Boy Slim video. Weapon Fat Boy Slim, Slim video. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Versus the prophecy. I'm going to count that, by the way, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, this, this is really kind of this is kind of tough. I wouldn't have expected it to be. Um. I really enjoyed the Fat Boy Slim video a lot, but I think Prophecy was the first time. What year was Prophecy? 95. So that, because oh, well, hmm. that was one of the, the first times I really kind of noticed him, but I would have seen movies with him before that. Uh, but either way, I just, because it's a side of him, we don't see much. Uh, let's go for, what, what's the name of it again? Weapon of Choice? Weapon of choice. Weapon yes. of choice. I'm going to go for that video. And hey, yeah, good outro music. Woo! It's going to be the outro music no matter what. But a vote. Yeah, it's probably for... going to be in the intro too. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I uh, was thinking we're just playing the whole census sketch. Uh, Greg. Um, yeah, same logic. Uh, Fat Boy Slim video is something we don't have. It's something we don't have represented elsewhere in the bracket. Michael. Um. Yeah, Fat Boy Slim, the, the the music video, definitely. Weapon of choice is moving on. We are on to our next fight. Greg, this one is yours. It is Walkins Welcome versus the Alligator Story. For lunch, he was an alligator. You know, with the exception of the uh, Pulp Fiction versus Blast from the Past in the first round, this is absolutely the toughest one I've had to deal with so far. Because on the one hand, you could say, well, hey, both these stories are perhaps apocryphal i've never seen a walkins welcome sign face to face that alligator that alligator story made me laugh i wouldn't mind hearing it again later um i'm gonna go with the alligator for lunch he was an alligator michael alligator mike i was once an iguana for breakfast That doesn't answer the question. <laughs> it doesn't matter. What is wrong with you? You give these pronouncements and then you sit there thinking we should know what the hell you're talking about. For lunch, he was an alligator. There we go. <laughs> because he must. A vote for for lunch, he was an alligator. It's moving on in a clean sweep. We are on to our next fight. Michael, this one is yours. It is the dead zone versus the fact that he's a cat owner. Um, the cat owner thing is cute, but ain't no dead zone. So definitely the dead zone. Uh, vote for the dead zone. Mike. Uh, yeah, I like cats, but I did not know Christopher Walken was a cat owner until this very episode. So, I, it may it may not be true. It's just, it may you not know, be true. <laughs> Jared just made that shit up. Uh, 
I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, we did, someone didn't just make up the dead zone. Pretty sure. Not entirely sure. I saw it. It was a long time ago, so things are hazy. Uh, I'll, I'll vote for it anyway. Vote for the dead zone. Greg? Yeah, I'm a cat lover too, but clean sweep that for the dead zone. Dead zone is moving on. We are on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It's for a spot in the final four. It's going to be a hard one for you. It is more cowbell versus catch me if you can. Ooh, very, very difficult, but not. Uh, I got to have more cowbell. <laughs> oh, I almost okay. More, more cowbell, uh, Greg. You know, there may be some spite to show for this, but it's got to be the cowbell, Michael. Cowbell, what? I said cowbell. You're going cowbell. Oh yeah. A vote for more cowbell. More cowbell is into the final four in a clean sweep. Uh, next fight is yours, Greg. It is the census sketch from SNL versus he was almost on solo. I'm kind of liking the idea of having some SNL uh, sharing a side of the bracket in the final four. So I will go with the census sketch, partly being persuaded by the argument that it's something he did as opposed to something that he almost did. Michael? Yeah, no question. Census sketch. Mike? In the universe where Christopher Walken was Han Solo, the census sketch was still hilarious. Census sketch. (laughs) Oh, vote for the census sketch. Census sketch also in the final four. Uh, Next fight is yours, Michael. This one's actually kind of a doozy. It is the watch story from Pulp Fiction versus Weapon of Choice. Okay, this might be the first genuinely hard one so far, uh, for me anyway, because this is represents two very different sides of him, how he can take a very small part and make a huge, huge deal out of it, and then he how he can turn you around and just, you know, do a, da- a song and dance number in a music video. I mean, I, what I like about... I like the idea of the Final Four being... Two sides, you know, potential of the uh, of the Saturday Night Live thing, which has become a huge part of who he is. But I like the other side being representing two other sides of him. I think if Pulp Fiction goes through, as great as that is, it it it, it neglects one side of Christopher Walken's, uh, uh, you know, the multifaceted you know, aspect of his career in life. So I'm going to go with the Fat Boy Slim video. A uh, vote for Weapon of Choice. Mike. A very, very good point there. Um, I hate to put out a powerful dramatic role at this point. Uh, although the dead zone is on the other side, but uh, I mean, I know I'm, I know where I'm voting the next round though. Um, but, and, and also I, I, I also want to vote for Pulp Fiction because that is something very represent. We've got comedy represented, but his dramatic work is is awesome, and there is a lot of it. And you know, the Fat Boy Slim thing is an anomaly. It's just a one off thing that that I mean, he may have done that other times that I haven't seen. But as far as what you know, what kind of people know him for, that's that's just kind of a one off thing. But that being anomalous is kind of very very Christopher Walken. So it almost feels like. 
when he did it, it was not a surprise. It was almost like, well, of course he can do that. He's Christopher Walken. Um, so yeah, I'm going to vote for the video. You're voting for the video? Yeah. Because it's unique. It's an anomaly. It's weird. Lots of dramatic actors. It's an anomaly. It's weird. It's walking. Yeah, exactly. There's a, there's a t-shirt for you. A weapon (laughs) of choice. Uh, Greg, is it a clean sweep? No, and yeah, and you know, there's no real loser to be had here. But I'm going to try to make a persuasive argument, just to see whether it goes anywhere. Because at the end of the day, Fat Boy Slim song, weapon of choice. Even without a video, the song's still there. Walken doesn't in any really fundamental way hold that video together. He is the video, but you know, the song's just fine without him. But as I think Michael said in the very beginning about this scene in Pulp Fiction, it's almost a cameo. Uh, It could have been an uncredited role, especially with Walken, because everybody knows who he is. He didn't need to kind of be, you know, on on the list of cast members for it. But you take that scene out of Pulp Fiction, and you take his performance in that scene out of Pulp Fiction, and I'm not sure the film holds together at all dramatically. You've got... I have that with the performance and everything to make any of Butch's behavior make any sense. And if you lose the sense of Butch's behavior, if that takes you out, then the biggest laughs, in my opinion, in Pulp Fiction and the biggest dramatic turns in Pulp Fiction uh, become a distraction and a sideshow. So uh, even if it's in vain, I'm going to cast the one last vote for the watch scene in Pulp Fiction. You know, that was that, that was that's a really good point. That's a really good point. I haven't thought of it quite that way, to be honest with you. I mean, we're all, we all praise Tarantino, and we're right to praise him. But you know what? I'm not sure Pulp Fiction works without walking in that scene. Well, like I said earlier, I mean, you have to understand why Bruce Willis would do such a life-threatening thing. I mean, he knows how stupid it is. But if, if Walken's performance doesn't sell that, then you don't know why he would ever go back to that watch. That's a really good point. You're you're, you're a dick, Michael. You're, what I said was a good point. Are you are you are you going to change your vote? Well, no, but still, it was yeah. A good point. You're raising people's fucking hopes. You goddamn asshole. I could change my vote. Are you going to? No. Yeah. Even <laughs> though he's completely right. This is this is gut. This is what if I was going to put something on right now, I'd put on the video, not the scene from Pulp Fiction. You're both dicks. Weapon of choice. <laughs> Dude, we're, we're actually saying it's a very good point. Yeah, we were. We were I was being complimentary. This I mean, is its bite. No, you, you, you're not as much a dick, Mike. But Michael, <laughs> you <laughs> totally are. You totally are. <laughs> All right, I'll buy that. Being nice. No, no wonder the show's ending. <laughs> you, uh, you were never nice. You're, you're like uh, nice. Tobias Funke, like a never nude. <laughs> never nice. <laughs> I'm joking. Michael is actually usually nice, but weapon of choice is into the final four. And for the last spot in the final four, Mike, this one is yours. It is for lunch. He was an alligator versus the dead zone. Um, I'm going to vote for, for lunch. He was an alligator and not just to be weird. Um, and actually Michael, you have another Christopher Walken story that is not nearly as weird, but is equally weird. And there are lots of, of stories like this. Are they?
those things about how he is more than just an actor at this point. He's a character in the real world. So, uh, for lunch, he was an alligator. Uh, you, you know, you know what the best part about that is, Michael. Greg fell off the call. He called me. I tried to add him back to the call, and it muted us. But Michael, there, kept talking, and uh, all his stuff he said. I'm getting that going, Michael. All the stuff he said uh, is in the episode, but uh, you and I didn't hear it. Neither did Greg. <laughs> I didn't hear shit. I didn't hear. Him. Oh man. Yeah, I sold it too. You sold the shit out of it, but <laughs> all well, we God, heard, listen to the episode and change your votes. <laughs> we heard you voting for for lunch. I was an alligator, Mike. Yeah, good freaking guy. No, hold on, hold on a second. I, I was I dropped off at the dramatic moment of whether Pulp Fiction or Fat Boy Slim moved on. Oh no, it was Fat Boy Slim. They were just uh, they were just pulling your chain. No, we were all complimenting right. you on on a no, very we very good you, argument. Yeah, genuine compliments but, on the fact that you made a very, but we just didn't feel like we wanted to change our vote. Yeah. That's all. There you go. It's, that gives me a reason to listen without feeling like I'm self-indulgent. No, you're not. So, and I also missed a passionate argument in favor in favor of the alligator. Yeah, and we all missed it. The only person that's going to hear it is the audience and Mike. <laughs> Somehow that seems fitting for a story that may not have actually happened. <laughs> and that was my point. See? Well, I've got another story. Same thing. Yeah. Well, I actually mentioned that in my long speech. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I said, maybe you'll regale it with, with us at the end or something, or you've got another one. But that was my point was that now he is a, almost a fictional character. Because people are making stuff. If it's true, it's weird enough. If it's not true, he uh, has become kind of, again, it's sort of embedded in the culture. People are making up fictions about him. And that's uh, that's pretty cool. Even though Dead Zone's you know good movie, but th- this would definitely represent something kind of bigger than just a movie role. It was much better the first time. <laughs> yeah, for lunch, he was an alligator. There was music in the background. <laughs> At least there will be now. <laughs> you had a you had a budget the first time you did that speech. Uh, Greg. Okay, so I'm the second one to vote on this one. You are the second one to vote. All right. Well, in the interest of of, of forcing self indulgent situations, I will vote for the dead zone. Although I am very tempted and will be delighted to see the alligator peering out from a few feet offshore once more. Uh, the Dead Zone was to me truly the introduction to to Walker, and that's that's when I first saw him. First said, "Okay, I need to find out this guy's name. I need to know who he is." Early eighties, eighty three, eighty four, whenever that movie came out, um, and it's still probably my it's my favorite David Cronenberg movie that my wife will watch with me. So, a vote all for tied up. the Dead Zone. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Michael, for the last spot in the final four. Which one is it going to be? Well, that's. That sucks because I love the Dead Zone, and that was my first real exposure to Christopher Walken as well. I think it's one of the best Stephen King adaptations, and his performance in that is masterful. I just watched it again a couple months ago, and uh, it still holds up amazingly well. And yet, the alligator story has become sort of a personal thing that I just love telling to people. <laughs> and I think it just—it's some again. You take if it's any other actor, that story wouldn't work anyway. It has to be Christopher Walken. <laughs> I think you could find another actor to play the role in the Dead Zone who would do a magnificent job. 
maybe not as distinctive in, as Walken in some ways, but maybe distinctive in their own ways. No other actor makes that alligator story work. There's no other actor that you could put in there where people would go, oh, okay, yeah, uh-huh. That sounds like something that could actually have happened. And uh, I don't know. I should vote for the dead zone, but I'm not going to. I'm going to vote for the alligator story. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm going to switch my vote and make it a clean sweep because that it's absolutely Martin Sheen and Christopher Walken could switch roles. I've got enough confidence in both actors. The dead zone would still be a pretty kick-ass film, but Martin Sheen is not heading out into the Creek. That, no, it's the alligator <laughs> for lunch. I was an alligator. Uh, it's into the final four. We've got more cowbell versus the census sketch. And we've got weapon of choice versus for lunch. I was an alligator. All right, this did not go the way anybody expected. Uh, Greg, this first fight is yours. I'm sorry, what way were you expecting this to go at all? <laughs> I was thinking like catch me if you can, or you know, one of one of his deer hunter. I was thinking that stuff would actually. And and why why would you think it would ever go that serious and straightforward? I don't know. I just thought it would. It's Christopher Walken, but yeah, maybe it is time for you to retire. You're starting to lose track of who the hell you're doing <laughs> the shows with. Apparently. Uh, but Greg, this fight is yours. It is more cowbell versus the sense of sketch. Uh, and this one's easy for me. I'm glad the Saturday Night Live share a bracket, get to play a semifinal against each other. Um, but for me, it, it's you got to follow your heart, and and my heart is with the cowbell sketch. More cowbell, Michael. Uh, yeah, look, I know cowbell. Again, I understand it. It's funny. It's become. Icon, iconic for him on that. It's become the he, kind of the, the thing that he's, you know, you say, mention his Saturday Night Live work, you immediately think of Cowbell. That's, and that's fine. Again, I just, for me, there's something about the census sketch that epitomizes why he's so effective on that show. Uh, it's just him and another guy talking. And it's the fact that he's playing it lighthearted and fun, but he's, it, that's making it even weirder than it would normally be anyway. The fact that here, let me put it to you this way. What other actor could do a sketch like that, where he says he's married to a Bobcat and you believe him. You never see the Bobcat. You hear it, but you believe, Oh yeah. He's, she's not going to answer you. She's a Bobcat because why wouldn't Christopher Walken have married a Bobcat? He's a street performer and he married a Bobcat. Of course. I mean, you know, it's just, uh, I, I again, there's so many aspects of that sketch that worked so well for me. And again, primarily because it was Christopher Walken giving those lines. Um, I, I still have to go with that one. It is all tied up. Comes down to you there, Mike. Which one is going to make the final? Well, uh, Greg pretty much said it best when he said, follow your heart. And my heart actually says the sense of sketch. Uh, for the reasons Michael gave, I think you could replace him in uh, the cowbell sketch with someone doing a different read. And the cowbell line becomes maybe not as important, but the sketch still works. Um, I don't think that the census sketch works unless you, I mean, it is stupid. It is the stupidest sketch. <laughs> and the only reason it works is because you have to completely and totally buy that the guy who is saying all this crazy stuff believes it. And that is not something you normally see 
in a Saturday Night Live sketch, that kind of level of performance. And, and you really have to do that. If you don't sell it, the sketch doesn't work. And I can't think of anybody who, who could have sold it as well. So, yeah, you do completely and totally believe that he has dual citizenship in the United States and Florida. Because <laughs> he believes it. <laughs> the census sketch is in the finals. We are up. Uh, this is novelty birthday card, sir. <laughs> we are on to our next fight. Um, there is a 50 50 chance that the best of Christopher Walken is going to be a sketch from Saturday Night Live. A sketch from Saturday Night Live uh, or a music <laughs> or video or a story that may, may be true. But, um, Michael, this fight is yours. It is Weapon of Choice versus your story for Lunch I Was an Alligator. Uh, yeah, at this point, I got to go with the thing that's most quintessentially walking, and it has to be the alligator story, because as good as that video is, and as good as he is in it, you could have done a lot of different videos for Weapon of Choice, um, and you could have had any number of other people dancing, and it might have still been a fun video. It wouldn't have been as unique, and I mean, that's the, I, you know, I don't want to say that he was just easily replaceable. He certainly wasn't, but who else are we telling stories like this about? I mean, there's no other actor who would get a story like that. I mean, it's just, I think that story sums up the man, the myth, and the legend of Christopher Walken at this point. That's really what he's kind of evolved into. He's not just an actor anymore. He's he's his own entity, which encompasses a wide variety of things. And this story is a prime example of why you can tell a story like that to anybody. They know who Christopher Walken is. and They know the baggage that he carries. So uh, at this point, it's got to be the alligator story. Uh, vote for the alligator story, Mike. Yeah, pretty much uh, what uh, what he said. I mean, it's he is he has become a fictional character, uh, which is actually pretty uh, pretty amazing, kind of cool. No, no offense uh, to anything else. It's just that's that's you know we keep throwing around iconic, but. You know, they, they make up stories about Elvis and Marilyn Monroe and, and the Beatles and things like that. I mean, when, when people are telling stories about you, you've kind of attained a certain level of, of importance that, uh, that reaches beyond just performance and especially just a, a music video that's really cool. I'm not a big fan of Fatboy Slim, no, nothing against him, but not really a fan of it. Um, Whereas one's just kind of this really bizarre. I mean, how many like how many people do you hear stories about that? Not many. A uh, vote for for lunch. I was an alligator. Greg, is it a clean sweep? It is, and the reason is that this is a story that I'd never heard before, like you know, an hour ago, and it's gone in that short time from being a story that I you know didn't believe was true that I. I'm good with it, whether it's true or not. Now I actually want it to be true. So <laughs> it's the alligator. Well, lunch, I was an alligator. Is in the finals. We've got the census oh. sketch, which we know actually happened. And there's actual videotape of it happening versus a story of a fictional man that may or may not happen. May not have happened. And there's another story that Michael hopefully will tell. A little bit in a little bit. Um, but Mike, this fight is yours. The sense of sketch for or for lunch, I was an alligator. This this is really, really tough. Um uh, sense of sketch is hilarious. But you said something interesting just a moment ago, and I wasn't sure how I was gonna vote until just a moment ago. 
when you said we have two things on this list, something that, uh, that really happened that he really did or, uh, a story that may, you know, may or may not be about right fictional story about someone who's, who's real. It may or may not have happened. There's another story like that story of Jesus. We don't know if that stuff happened, but if you believe that's all that really counts. And I believe for lunch, he was an alligator. You know, I didn't know how Jesus was going to come into all of this, but that was interesting. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's one of those things where it's like, this was going to be one of those episodes where we weren't going to go to hell for it. But uh, (laughs) Mike, Mike, toss that out there. You saved us from that uh, pesky trip to heaven there. I appreciate that. Uh, Oh no! I I know I wasn't going to heaven. I was maybe maybe making purgatory, but yeah. Oh, that's I'm true. Not, I'm not yeah. talking shit about Jesus. No, that's true. He's not. He's really not. Technically, you're not. You're just slightly making. And I'm not fun. saying that you know walking is the Messiah, but I'm All saying awesome he's as he was. up there. Okay. Uh, On uh, the short list. A vote for for lunch. I was an alligator. Um, Greg. If Walken was the Messiah, then Blue Easter Cult would have already had more cowbell. So I think theologically we're on safe ground here. Um, the, the alligator story, well, first off, the census sketch. When this geek fight is over, no matter who wins, no matter who loses, that is the clip I'm going to dial up on this phone before I call it a night. It's going to be the census sketch. It's earned that rewatch. But this is kind of like when you're at a casino at the roulette table and for, you know, for an hour or so, you've been betting on black evens all night long, whether the ball lands on your spot on the wheel or not. And you just have to say, hey, I'm writing the alligator sketch. So I'm writing the alligator sketch. Hey, it's a sketch now, by the way. Uh, Vote for for lunch. I was an alligator, Michael. Well, at this point, I have to try to um, either just go along with what everybody else said or try to convince someone that the census sketch really does belong in the championship box. But I'm just thrilled to death that this story has made it all the way to the end here. And at the end of the day, I'm fine with it winning. So alligator baby. And the alligator story for lunch. I was an alligator is the winner. And, uh, we get to uh, win doubly because, Michael, go ahead and tell the other story that you have. Well, that'll be my plug. It's going to be your plug? Okay. That'll work. That'll work. Um, but, yeah, the, for lunch, I was an alligator, also known as uh, the creation of a fictional universe that is walking and walking in the fictional The walking verse. The walking verse. The walking verse. Where things may or may not have actually happened that way, but because you're Christopher Walken, you believe it. thing is, if I ever met Christopher Walken... I don't want to ask him if that story's true or not. You know, I'm going to. I wouldn't want to ask him because I don't want to know if it's true or not. I uh, I like believing that it could be. That's enough for me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, thank everybody for listening. Thank you for listening, everyone. Yes, there we go. I can Word, everyone, that's a good thanks. Good, everyone. I can speak English. Uh, thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, thank you, Michael. Uh, thank you, Greg. Uh, do you guys have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, Michael? <laughs> yes. Um, actually, I would like to uh, 
to plug up. Since the winning story was the uh, one of two stories that I commonly tell people about Christopher Walken, I'm going to tell you the other story. And this one also comes from someone I, I was working on a film in Toronto a few years ago, and this person was on the crew who had a friend who was working on a film a couple of weeks earlier with Christopher Walken. Now, this film was shot mostly on a studio set. They were shooting for about six weeks, and Walken was in there for about two weeks. They had already been shooting for about a week. Walken shows up, comes into the studio, and this guy was one of the ADs on the film. I think he might have been the second AD, but his also his other job was essentially to take care of Christopher Walken while he was there. And it was a huge indoor set, and they had the trailers actually inside the set because it, it was fall in the winter and it was cold as hell outside and raining, so they kept everything inside. And so Walken walks inside, and it's like, hey, great to be here. So happy. It's a good pot. I'm going to enjoy this. going to be fun. And the guy's like, oh, it's so great to meet you, Mr. Walken. I'm so happy you're here. Uh, let me show you to your trailer. And he takes him over there and he goes, oh, it's great, great, great trailer. So happy. All right. Oh, and you've got my Doritos. And the guy kind of pauses for a second. He's like, um, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, man, it's in my contract. I got to have Doritos at all times. They're, they're awesome. Got to have them. Uh, you, are you telling me there's no Doritos? And the guy said, oh, no, 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 of course. Uh, the, yeah, the Doritos, right. Yeah, sure. He doesn't know what Walken's going on about, but he says, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go grab them. They're over here. We'll go and we'll bring them to your trailer. So Walken goes, great. That's awesome. And he goes inside the trailer and that's it. Anyway, this guy panics, grabs a PA, says, go get like three bags of Doritos or whatever you can find. Just grab them, get them here as quickly as you can. A few minutes later, a guy comes back, goes up to the trailer so he must have walked and used your Doritos. Oh, man. Wow. Thanks. Really appreciate it. Shuts the door. Now, Walken's on the set for two weeks. Every day, Walken at some point goes up to this guy and says, hey, man, I'm out of Doritos. Uh, Got to get some more. Same thing. Finds a the guy. They go out, grab some more, give them to him, and whatever. Now, it's the last day. Walken's doing his final scene. You get the take they want. Everyone raps. Everyone, Mr. Christopher Watkins rapped everybody. They clap and he leaves and he goes to his trailer, comes out a few minutes later, goes up to the AD and says, thank you so much for your, your time on the set. It was great. Really appreciate it. You're great. And he walks away and walking gets to the edge of the stage. He's about to go outside the stage door and he yells back to the guy. Oh man, could you help me? I forgot my briefcase in my trailer. Could you go get me my briefcase? It's in my trailer. And the PA is like, I, um, yeah, uh, sure. Uh, sorry. Uh, I'll go. Yeah, I'll go grab it. He runs over to the trailer, opens the door. Now, this is a standard trailer you would see for most actors on a set. It's got a little living area. This one has a small little kitchenette. There's a little bedroom area and a little tiny living area. From the floor to the ceiling filling up the entire living area flowing into the kitchen are what they later counted to be over 400 bags of unopened Doritos of all flavors. Just filling up the whole thing. They're, they're spilling out the front door. It's packed. The whole thing is completely packed. And he's looking at this and he's like, what the fuck? He turns over. He looks where Walken's standing and Walken goes, yeah, don't like Doritos. Can't stand them. It's funny. And walks out. <laughs> he later found out 
that Walken, at various points during the entire two weeks, would corral anyone who walked by his trailer to go grab Doritos for him, and he would swear them to secrecy. And he just filled up his entire trailer with bags of Doritos for no apparent reason. It's funny. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. We're winners. We're all winners for that. Thank you very much. See, and Mr. Blanchard, you get to follow that with your plugs. I do. I guess what I'll start with is that, you know, at the end of each geek fight, you guys say, you know, the first thing we know is that, is that we're totally wrong. We got it wrong. This time I say, no, 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 no. We got it right. We got it right because we've got a walking story that no other bracket could possibly have had. <laughs> uh, you can find me at www.inappropriateconversations.org. Uh, I'm a .org site both because I was too lazy to do it in time to get the .com and because it's a serious show, so why not? And you can follow me at Twitter. I'm at IC underscore Greg. Oh, wait, wait. I forgot. I have a short one that's even better, I think. Wait, what? You got more? I got one more. Actually, it was a story that was told to me on the same set, but uh, from a different film. Ah! Well, fine then. Michael? Are you still there? I'm still here. Okay. I switched the speaker. Oh. Anyway, but no, this is a very short one. This doesn't take very long. Go ahead. Um, They were shooting outside on this film, and uh, Walken's there, and uh, one of these, one of the crew members needed to take a piss, and the uh, Porta potty was too far away on the other side of the set, and he knew he wasn't going to make that. So he immediately said, Well, screw this. And he just kind of went off to the side in this row of bushes and relieved himself. And as he's relieving, he finishes up and he turns and he zips himself up. And as he's zipping himself up, he realizes that Christopher Walken is standing there having a smoke. And he goes, Oh, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry. And he walks away. And as he's walking away, he just hears Walken go, Man. That was weird. And that was it. <laughs> Thank you for that, Michael. Yeah. Um, don't forget to uh, echo. Echo. Um, th- special thanks goes to uh, Christy Woke, uh, Karen, and uh, Chris Mitchell for doing what they do for us on the internet. And Mr. Jared Formbrick. Ah, echo. I'm hearing the echo from your phone. Is that better? I don't know. Yes, much better. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, special thanks goes to Mr. Jared Formby for his amazing intros. Uh, you can check him out at www.hatestartrek.net or super underscore Spock. Mike? You can find me on the Weekend Geek video show on YouTube. I was also actually recently on uh, an episode of commentary track stars uh they are actually ending their show also so people who've been on in the past have been coming on to do a movie of their choice i picked fight club so we do a commentary on the movie fight club and of course they were clever enough to uh go hey this is kind of funny you're on a show called geek fights and you picked fight club and i was like oh i never actually made that connection um but uh yeah so you can hear me there you can find us at uh geekfights.net although there's really not that much there find us on facebook that's where we do all our talking and our arguing about things and on the twitters but that's not me that's damon and a tumblr do we still have a tumblr technically we have a wiki and yep. uh christy wants to get everything in the wiki so if you want to want to be in there before the show's done sounds like a medical condition we have a wiki <laughs> a wiki uh how about that how about Whatever. that
I, I, I prefer Wiki. Uh, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and the Zoom Network. And uh, what what other things are defunct now? Because the Zoom Network doesn't exist. Xbox, AOL, Live, you AOL can find us on uh, CompuServe, CompuServe, uh, Earthlink, uh, <laughs> Dig, Dig. No, Dig. Dig is trying to come back. Trying. Uh, our MySpace page. You can find um, us at uh, GeoCities slash Geekfight slash. No, no, it's GeoCities slash two one five six six five slash Geekfights. <laughs> GeoCities? What? <laughs> what is this, 1995? Uh, the internet. <sighs> you can reach us by telegraph at nee, 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 <laughs> But what else are we supposed to say? No, no, it's me, me, um, me, 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 me. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Next week's episode is Best Lawyer. Yay! Oh, yeah, that's right. Best Fictional Lawyer. And then after that, uh, we're going to do a big gun. It's going to be Best Star Trek Character. Um, if you're hearing this now, it's already, wait, no, it's not too late because this is Monday's episode or Tuesday's episode. And I think we're going to record best Star Trek character on Saturday, um, that Saturday. Mike, are you available to record that Saturday? I don't know. Uh, look into it because then we can get a whole bunch of people on. Uh, but it's either going to be Saturday or maybe Monday or Wednesday after that. We don't know yet, but there's still time for you to be on that one. And I am perfectly fine with it being a hundred people episode i think the well, this is we're, we're we're in our three year, isn't it yeah our three-year anniversary so why I think, not i think this episode might be the three year uh we'll we'll figure it out we'll we'll do some marvel math and it'll all work out oh wait you know you know it, it's a best it's lawyer fourth or something yeah but the, well today is the we'll 19th. figure it out don't worry 19th yeah so this is technically our three-year episode right well, we're now we're just gonna this wasn't the three-year episode. This was Christopher Walken pretending to be the three-year episode. <laughs> uh, but yeah, those are our upcoming episodes. Uh, just send us an email like, I want to be on that one. And hopefully if we can do it on Saturday, we can get a whole bunch of people from all over the world and do the, the thing that Mike wants to do too. We've got a Scott that wants to be on the show still. I'm trying to get him on. Cool. Uh, but any and all ideas are still kind of welcome because we still have room and we still have no idea what we're going to do except for the last three episodes. <laughs> uh, and if you want to be on anytime between now and then, you can uh, email us at geekfights@gmail.com or find us on Facebook or Twitter or uh, CompuServe or Stone Tablet. Uh, any way you want to contact us if you want to be on the show, please do, especially if you haven't before. I think uh, you just need those last two up. If you've listened to... More than five episodes, you must kind of like it, right? Right. You don't have to worry about like being dumb or something. We've had a lot of dumb people on the show, and they come off just fine. Yeah, a lot of dumb people. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but thanks again for listening. Until next time. Keep fighting the geek fight. Good night. Michael's dumb. That's all.
Joe Deere to and actually you might like Joe Deere. It is a sweet movie. It, it's not horrible. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, my, it's... my wife's tolerance. My wife's tolerance for horror is low, and her tolerance for stupid is about just as low. But uh, she prefers stupid to to uh, scary, so that that's a plus. It's stupid, but yeah. it's a, <laughs> and it's a it's an entertaining stupid. Well, it's the other Spade character that Spade plays well. Spade is very good at being an asshole, and he's really good at being kind of the the sweet loser. Yeah, and that that I mean, it's stupid, but it is kind of like he's kind of kind of likable. Yeah, you know, he's not a bad guy. <clears throat> Poor Joe. And then you know when he's the loser, so when he finally does succeed, you're all like, "Yeah, Joe, you show Dear man." Ted. The fact that he changed his name to Dear Ted Dear to French it up. <laughs> Because he didn't want to be called Joe Dirt anymore. But strangely, though, and and not to wax philosophic on Joe Dirt, but there's a really interesting arc that happens through the movie because it starts off with Dennis Miller ridiculing him. And as he's going and telling his story and getting ridiculed more, his likability in the movie and then to the, to the characters interviewing him kind of like all go up. So the whole thing kind of starts as him being torn apart and, you know, at the end he's quite likable and you kind of, you know, even, you know, the characters in the story start to like him. Yeah. So even that has that kind of like Joe dirt overcomes the odd sort of thing. It's really, it's a bizarre thing. I had, I went to see it to mock it. I went to see it so I could go, Oh, that was so bad. That was stupid. That was the worst movie ever. And we drug Michael to see it. We forced him. I don't know how we did. But like we, we, he lost a bet or we made some sort of a deal 
He just refused to see it. And we and, went and saw it. And we're like, holy shit. I went, we went to torture him, actually. Because we, we thought he would hate it. And, uh, and we were going to make him go, we'll sit through it as long as he had to sit through it. It was like geek spite. And then all of us really liked it. Yeah. It was the opposite of the spirit. The exact opposite of the spirit. Which one was this? Joe, Joe Dirt. Dirt. Yeah, I liked that more than I thought I would. Yeah, that's what we're saying is, is like we, we went there with this like, oh my God, we're going to hate this movie. And then did we all we liked the it. Abbey? Did we see that at the Abbey? Yeah, that was up at the Abbey. That was the last one of the last movies I ever saw there. That yeah. day was a dump. Yeah, but we all went to that. That was during our period where it's like, let's go out of our way to see the shit. Because we saw Corky Romano. Well, Corky Romano was after that. Oh, that and was we cool. thought that Corky Romano was going to be another Joe Dirt, just like we thought the spirit was going to be another Punisher Warzone. So yeah, Joe Dirt fucked us yeah, yeah, into seeing Corky Romano. I'm going to hold still that against mad, the next round. I'm still mad at you guys for Corky Romano. What? Question? Got a question? You have a question? You because, a question? because you guys saw it, and then you told me that I would love it. <laughs> and then I saw it, and I was like, this is a piece of shit. Oh, man, that was mean to a fussy Yeah. You're dicks. I'm sorry. No, you didn't say it in a dickish way. Oh, we actually thought you would like it? You actually thought Oh, I'm really sorry then. (laughs) That's that's mean. That's more mean. I know. I'm sorry, Damon. If Damon, if it means anything to you now, I would never recommend that movie for you now. Yes. (laughs) Please, Damon, don't see it. (laughs) Yeah. But but it's funny. I'm boy. That shows you how little I gave a shit about you back then. (laughs) (laughs) Why is why did why is my dick shrink wrapped? <laughs> um, sorry about that. I think I just found the out of context quote. <laughs> why is my dick shrink wrapped? And why is my dick shrink wrapped? <laughs> and why? Yeah, because there was something before it. <laughs> right. Yeah, it can yeah, only the, work the, as part of a much larger problem. <laughs> the power of leading a sentence with a uh, with a conjunction. <laughs> Right. Man, why is my dick shrink wrapped? <laughs> that is the best part about it. Is if it's and why is my dick shrink wrapped? Everybody, wait a minute. What the, is, whatever what? it, whatever it is, it is more important to be listed first right. than your dick being yeah. shrink wrapped. But you're not going to get that part of the deal. Nope. By the yeah. way, yeah, that was the real problem. <laughs> this is just the rest of the story. This is this is just a funny odd thing that just happened. <laughs> oh, All right, yeah. someone shrink wrapped my dick. 